lined up the top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with the few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. Please please to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. Good evening, everybody. Happy New Year. It is New Year's Day, January 1st, 2024. How about it? And you are tuned in to the drive-in speaker box. I'm your host, Bo, the boom operator. And I am Jake, the grip. And if you're just now tuning in for the first time, maybe, uh, for 2024, you're like, New Year, new podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking to you about movie stuff. We're going to talk to you about the world of movies. We're going to talk to you about media. We're going to be talking to you about what's coming out in theaters, what's making money. We're going to talk about mergers. We're going to talk about just like the evolution of how we consume film and TV right here. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's going to be good. So uh, if you're just not joining us, uh, on wherever it is you like to join us, it be it the audio version of this, wherever you download uh, podcasts, or on Facebook or on YouTube. We've already been talking for about a half hour on Twitch. Uh, so if you uh, follow us on Twitch, subscribe, or just, just follow us, um, you can get in on that early access. You get to chat with us where we talk about all kinds of stuff. And we were just talking about... Um, you know, the, the Amazon Prime email that came out recently about, hey, we're going to have ads now. If you want to pay $2.99 more, you can have it with ad, without ads. You get premium service. Or you can just keep paying the same old and have it be like what? Like Crackle and Old Hulu where it was like an ad every 15 seconds. Like, wow. I don't know how many, how many ads or, we're going to see. Original Crackle was you had a block of three or four commercials in the middle of the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the good time. But then they spaced it out where it's like yeah. once every 15 minutes you got to watch an ad. And the thing that drove me nuts about those is like the technology never worked right. So like I remember doing on Crackle once and then on Hulu once where it would get to like the first ad and it would play and then it'd go maybe to like the second ad and that would play and kind of freeze and stop and it wouldn't can pick up and I'd have to skip back. And it was like, no, well, now you're starting again. So you got to watch these this more ads. And I'm just like, you know, fuck it. I don't want to watch this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but Amazon, again, kind of a bait and switch, getting us to be like, oh, we're getting this bonus if we pay for a premium experience that we literally just had. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and Amazon doesn't need the money. <laughs> like that's the thing that, that that blows my mind. Like if this was like a if we're talking about like Night Flight or whatever, like the streaming service I subscribe to, and I don't know why it's weird. Um, actually, if you want some really weird stuff to watch, get yourself a Night Flight subscription. That shit's bananas, and it's apparently like you know a little bit before our time. But Night Flight was a uh, a, a show that would come on cable television like in the uh, early 80s it would play a lot of just like weird stuff and music videos and just like indie movies and, oh yeah um, and so they have their own streaming service I now. forgot that I saw ads for that like yeah. uh, a couple months back yeah and so I subscribed and it's pretty dope now if Night Flight was like hey times is tough streaming's hard 
give us an extra two dollars i'd be like okay but amazon who's like profits are an additional extra trillion dollars this year but we're gonna have to ask you to pay three dollars more isn't night flight like it's like oh times are tough for these royalty free movies that everyone <laughs> let the copyright lapse yeah. on is that what it is they got like music videos and stuff they on do. there too right they have a lot of really it's like stuff. just a very 80s like early 90s experience a lot like, of very yeah like stuff that someone would be like oh dude have you seen this i've got it on vhs no one has this and yeah. you know it's a lot of weird stuff um but yeah it, it you know that's i think the most insulting thing to me about it is that amazon doesn't need this money and you know there's no amount of talking me out of the economics of amazon like fuck you bezos you've got this money like you 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 can, you personally have this money you could give us all free streaming media forever and it'd be okay yeah, it's something like he could give every person ten grand and it not even matter to him. No, like no. you ever see He'd those things about the numbers where junior. it's like the things they could do that would have no effect on them whatsoever. My favorite one was like if you know you were around when Jesus was here and you made mm-hmm. fifteen thousand dollars every day, you'd st- and fast forward to now, you still wouldn't even be close to how much Bezos makes. Yeah, yeah, I've read those stats and stuff <coughs> before. It's like. Yeah, you could have um, yeah, been alive for 2,000 years or been on the Mayflower or, like, whatever the hell, making X amount of dollars every day, day and, and live to now and still not even have a fraction of what he has. It's crazy. So your price hike, get out of here with that. But, you know, it, it, it does show the like how powerful corporate everything is you know and it kind of brings me into one of the news points that i wanted to mention about it's, wild, right? uh, it's 2024 yep which means mickey mouse steamboat willie should technically be in public domain now i mean they're streaming it all over the place but disney is like you know what actually no and and you know we talked about this a while back we're like Let's see how this pans out because Disney is not going to allow this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everybody already knows how Disney's like locked away a bunch of, you know, a couple of decades worth of stuff from public domain, you know, all for pres- preserving its ownership, you know, of Mickey Mouse or whatever. But uh, then there was the Copyright Term Extension Act of 1998, which they kind of loosely call the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Did extend a little bit of copyright protection, but it's um it's 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 a weird like nuanced issue that Disney's got their finger on. And if you kind of read and, and follow this, they're they're not gonna let this go because again, going back to how times are changing and technology is getting to the point where we can archive so much and keep our freaking fingers on it. Uh, so tightly that I think a lot of this stuff is never going to hit public domain, Maybe. you know, but uh, have you, have you guys been keeping up with, with any, any of this? Um, the only thing close to it that I've really paid attention to is that there's supposed to be a new uh, video game, a first person shooter game that has all like Steamboat Willie looking characters in it. It's a black and white mouse like FPS thing done kind of like uh, Cuphead. Oh, there's, you know? there's a lot of stuff getting introduced right now that there's a whole bunch of like registered trademarks coming out right now that have a Steamboat Willie 
looking deal. So it's going to be really interesting to see how many of those start entering the 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 sphere and saying like, no, this is like Steamboat Willie. That's that's public domain. That's that's so old. And they go, eh, it's pretty close to Mickey Mouse. It's kind of like how the here locally, you know, we live in Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, home of the Arkansas Razorbacks. If you're into college football, but they're very protective of, you know, the Razorback, obviously. But if you get something even close, like a red pig, you know, they're like, oh, mm, no, lawyers. And that's like, well, you know, if I was just a dude and I copyrighted like a red pig and then some other dude was like, well, I made a darker red hog. It would fucking fail in court, Mm -hmm. right? You know, but because these people with all this money and influence are like, no, it's pretty close. So little guy, get out of here. We, you know, we're going to make sure you get squashed. And I think that that's going to happen with Disney. So um, Velvet Santa on Twitch asks, do you think Batman or Superman will ever hit public domain? I doubt it. I think they, that just gets renewed so often and kept up with because it's uh, new issues are published on each title, at least monthly. And both of those characters probably have multiple titles, so they're getting released every week by DC in publication. Uh, so I'm sure there's something there. Yeah. But yeah, very strange. Um, also in the news this week, um, speaking of, of monster uh, mergers and com- corporations, I don't know if you heard about this, but... Warner Brothers Discovery, which was another big merger, and then there was the whole thing that was going to be merged with AT&T, and that fell through. But but now Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount are talking about merging, right? And uh, this could be huge because, you know, what Paramount and Warner Brothers Discovery are talking about is like, it's getting harder and harder for them to compete with the juggernauts that are Apple and Amazon and Netflix uh, to a lesser extent, which aren't necessarily production companies. They were technology companies that are now production companies. And while Warner Brothers and Discovery have always just been production companies, but Warner Brothers Paramount has a shitload of debt too, to the tune of like $44 billion. You know, uh, I think uh, Paramount has about $17 billion in debt that they're paying off. But uh, if that were to happen, you know, because they're having difficulties with like what Paramount Plus and, you know, I think they also have is 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 Max a part of that? Yeah. WB. Yeah. WB. Um, So then they would be able to take those two streaming services and kind of merge them into one bigger, little more beefier streaming service. So everything that you've ever bought on those things now goes away and you have to buy it again. Um, Harkening back to shit we say all the time. You don't own anything digital. Uh, so, you know, it'd be really interesting. And I don't think like Dina said, antitrust lawsuit. I don't think that they're big enough to really create an antitrust lawsuit now because you've got juggernauts like Amazon doing Amazon shit and yeah, things like Disney doing Disney shit. There's extra studios now with, uh, <coughs> Amazon and Netflix and, and Apple. So it's not like Warner brothers and Paramount, uh, merging would make it where there's only two studios and one of them is just an absolute juggernaut. Yeah. Um, if there's ever going to be an antitrust, it's gonna it should be already have been at Disney. Yeah. 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 With everything Disney has, so I think uh, with the extra studios, there's still uh, enough competition there that they could point out and be like, "No, dude, look, there's Netflix and Amazon and mm-hmm. whoever and 
you know, be able to get away with that kind of thing. Uh, so Vince said something on Twitch just now that, 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 that reminded me of an interesting point that I forgot to make when someone, uh, when, when Velvet Santa asked about Batman and Superman hitting public domain. Um, I think one of the reasons that Batman and Superman won't for a while is because the companies that created them still exist. Right. And well, and I, ownership changes constantly with that kind of yeah. thing too. Right. And Vince said also entering public domain in 2024 was Tigger and Peter Pan. And both of those things we associate with Disney, but they were not created by Disney. Disney got famous by animating those stories, mm. but they did not originally create or own these. And I think that that's what makes Steamboat Willie a little sticky is because Disney did. They created that. I wonder so. how that works because J.M. Barry's estate uh, keeps a hold of Peter Pan, mm-hmm. right? Like, So how does that work? I don't know. Just like Tolkien's estate and everything like that. They try and keep that protected. So uh, I wonder how J.M. Barry's Peter Pan uh, has that happened to it because I'm, how do they not just keep a hold of that? I don't know. Be interesting to find out, though. Uh, you know, we'll keep our eyes on that. But but as we that's, you know, new year, new problems, man. New year, one step closer to interesting things. Uh, Dina says Steamboat Willie specific animation is public domain and illustrations specific to those books are public domain. Uh, Vince says J.M. Barry's play Peter Pan or The Boy Who Wouldn't Grow Up was a 1904 play, but not published for copyright purposes until 1928. Um, so, yeah, little little factoids there for you. Um, that's where the name Wendy came from. Oh, well, I didn't know that either. Mm-hmm. Nice. That did not exist until Peter Pan. Um, yeah, other bits of news. Uh, this isn't really news, but it was a really interesting article that I recommend anybody want to read. Um, it was over on Slash Film that I read this week, and it was called Here's Why Movie Dialogue Has Gotten More Difficult to Understand and Three Ways to Fix It. Uh, it was a really, really cool um uh, article that I read uh, that, of course, me being the, the former sound guy that I am, uh, touched on a lot of really interesting topics of like why newer and newer movies, we kind of want to look at subtitles. We can't understand what people are saying on screen. There's so much just noise and madness going on. And it kind of breaks this down. This guy went out and interviewed a lot of um, professional sound guys. A lot of them wanted to stay anonymous because they're like, dude, I want to keep having work here, you know. <laughs> But um, a lot of the stuff, if you're interested in the world of sound and interesting in the problems that sound guys face, is a great read. And um, he, he uh, it goes into stuff that I've talked about here on the show. And uh, I thought it was really, really cool and really interesting. So if you want to check out that article, it's over on Slash Film. Um, but, but they go into talking about, like, it's certain directors have this weird choice. It's certain actors have now, now with the advent of like these bigger, longer, crazier scenes, like and actors don't necessarily project in the way they are. They used to like in the old cinema days, but one of the big ones was on set. They just don't respect sound a lot. Hmm. They're just like, Oh, well we'll fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. And everybody got used to that. So like getting good sound on the front end has gotten so hard. And, you know, I remember just as my days as a, as a production sound guy, you know, you don't always get that chance to get a second take, like, because, you know, and now it's getting harder and harder to get that mic where you need it because everybody's moving so fast. And it's all for camera, all for camera. A lot of sound guys don't have the ability to be like, can I get another one for sound? Like, nah, don't worry, we got it. We'll get it. We'll get it next. We'll get it on the uh, uh, fix it in post. We'll fix it in post. And that's just their lack of not understanding. And so one of these guys who was a, a, a production mixer, he's like, you know, 
yeah, we fix it in post. It's not that we want to, and it sucks and it's hard, but it's just what we have to do. And they force the stuff on it. So, um, anyway, uh, really interesting read. Uh, I, if you're a fan of the show, I don't want to like vortex on it, but it's a, it's a great article. Just wait till they start using AI to help fill in the dialogue where it can't be heard. Right. Uh, AI to like supplement ADR. Oh God. That would be really, really bad. You got anything over there? Yeah, man. Uh, well, we talked about it a little bit, the prime price hike at the end of the month. Uh, there was some announcement by uh, the vice president of, of Blumhouse um, mm. saying that the uh, Dead by Daylight movie is uh, still something that he's really wanting to do and working on getting going uh, because he wants to have that movie out there, especially now that Five Nights at Freddy's was such a uh, success uh, there at the theater, um, having another horror vi- video game movie made. Uh, that is like something that is for horror fans because have you ever seen the Dead by Daylight stuff? They constantly release new DLC for it where you play as like different killers from mm-hmm. different movies just all over. Um, and then um, that that mo- that article you just talked about, uh, Chris Tucker. Can you hear the? Can you understand the <laughs> words that are coming out of my mouth? Well, the bad guy from the first. Um, uh, Shit, what's the name of that movie? I just had it in my head. Uh, Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. Oh, um, uh, well, now that you said it. I know. I had it. It's not uh, It's not Shanghai Noon, so it's Rush yeah, Hour. Rush Hour, yeah. The bad guy from the first Rush Hour, Juntao, uh, Tom Wilkinson, passed away mm-hmm. um, the other day. Uh, that's at least, that's what I remember him from the most. He was always some turd in a suit in like almost every movie he was in. And that was the one that was like the most memorable for the me. The biggest turd. Yeah, because he was Jun Tao. He was the bad guy, uh, you know, against Jackie Chan. And then uh, something that was kind of interesting is that even though Aquaman has not been doing very well uh, at all at the box office, right, um, by comic book standards kind of a thing, and it's two weeks out. Uh, has brought in like over 200 million at the uh, global box office, which uh, beats the Marvel's entire theatrical run. Damn. Because globally it made like just under 200 million. Damn. Uh, and so even though Aquaman's not doing great and everyone likes to talk about how it's, uh, you know, Aquaman sinks or however they, you know, word those people, articles. People just like to hate on DC. I've yeah. said this before. They, I think it's more fun for people to hate on DC than it is to like, you know, academically take these things and go, this is why it maybe wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like People have this like sort of defense of Marvel that I think is starting to erode a little bit. But man, people love to hate DC. Yeah, but... So uh, Aquaman's already doing better than the last Marvel movie that came out. So yeah, take that Marvel. What else you got? I, th- I think that's it. It wasn't really like a big news week. No, it really, really. wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I watched like on IMDb. They had the whole, you know, uh, here's the people who died died list, which was kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna watch that again because it's just sad. But um, there, there's like you know everybody always asks us to do these like lists and these things at the end of the year and i don't know you know we used to do this this whole like worst of 2020 whatever year was before us list and and it kind of got exhausting because 
everything was kind of bad. And there's so many things out. People are like, well, this was on streaming and this was whatever. And, you know, you think about like, okay, well, how am I going to narrow down the 10 worst movies when there was like the Marvels were just out there? And I mean, what's what's in the theater right now? Like, well, and that's why we would have our rules where it's like we had to go watch it. Like, right. Actually watch it and stuff uh, and sit through the movie, um, which, yeah, at the end of the year, uh, we were both always cramming as many movies in yeah. on uh, rental or streaming or whatever to try and. But yeah, like v- Dina just said on Twitch, she said, I loved your list, but uh, it isn't really viable anymore because, yeah, it's the, the landscapes changed so much um, and we've just been doing these this show for so long. James over on Facebook says, got a Lumix cinematography cam. My New Year's resolution is to make some interesting stories. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, you should share them. I'd love to check them out. The Lumix cinematography cam. Uh, I think it was last week, maybe, was the anniversary of the very first movie uh, presented uh, in a theater for ticket sales. Um, You know, it was, yeah, in France or whatever with the uh, Lumiere brothers or... Whatever it was, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like the dudes that made movies. Um, and it was like the anniversary of the first time someone paid to watch a film. That's pretty cool. I'm curious what model you got. I'm looking at right now. These are, uh, yeah, some of these Lumix are like 5Gs, 4Gs. Gs. Like, uh, yeah. I'd love to see what you do with those. And you can post them over on our social media that'd be cool um yeah let's see if there's not any other news i mean you know everything was all like interviews with different people like they're like oh gary oldman actually doesn't like his performance on harry potter and ding dong talked to so-and-so and and said that this deal happened in the behind the scenes or something you know like um none of it was super interesting one thing is that uh salar is still doing really badass uh, that's super cool to see. It it uh, officially surpassed Jawan's opening, and uh, but Jawan had a better second week than Salar has so far, uh, making it where Salar's not the biggest Indian movie of the year. However, it's still doing really well. So that's cool. Heck yeah. In terms of length, Vince. Uh, but I guess that's a great segue into what we normally talk about this time is like movies that are coming out this weekend. Um, not a lot of big theatrical releases yet. Again, January, you know, so it's, it's, it's a weird week. Um, but there is a horror one, just like Dina said. We're on the cusp of the January horror push. Uh, probably starting off with Night Swim, which um, is already creepy. You know, like swimming in the dark and not being able to see like what's under your feet like people that swim in lakes at night are just there's something broken inside of you like there there are creatures down there and they will get you <laughs> don't um beaver lake has catfish the size of volkswagen beetles man yeah they do and and you lord knows what else down there monsters probably um but night swim uh wyatt russell of course kurt russell's son uh that's coming out in theaters this week um if you've not seen the trailer um here maybe i'll just pop it up on the screen for you guys and you guys can take a little a little look and looks about like what you'd think like ooh, swimming stick your hand in the in the 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 oh what's my, my action figure there and then there's like a, a big wad of hair that's also a monster and you know uh it's just like this water monster that 
the, you get can you when you're swimming for the action figure. Yeah. So um, that was a, a weird fear that I actually had when I was a kid. Like I was always a really good swimmer and I was not afraid of swimming. But uh, this is about like a pool that has like a creature in it that has like a thirst for blood or something. And I don't know. It seems a little stupid. But I was always afraid of like, man, if I'm swimming by myself in the deep end at night, even though I can see the floor, there might be something down here Mm. and it might get me. And I'm wondering if the people that came up with this movie had the same fear. Um, Yeah, it's just. No thanks, man. So, uh, Bloomhouse, you know, James Wan, uh, the producers of Megan. I think they're hoping for more Megan success, but we will see. So, that is coming out. It's kind of weird that it's just in someone's backyard or whatever. Well, I think it's because there's like some lore to the house. Like there's this, this underneath this pool is this creature. And, and, you know, you saw, you saw, um, uh, what's his name Wyatt Russell like cut his hand and he got a little blood and the pool was like human blood like after after one or two weird things who's gonna be like oh let's keep the pool going like well no that's the story of the house it's like a new people move in and Uh they're like the how the the pool's been like decommissioned for you know 10 years like well it looks like a pretty good pool might as well bring it back to life and then you know they fill it up and it's like "Ah, i'm alive it's like different families just rotating in and out of this house yeah well it's you know the realtor that never tells you that there was like brutal murders in the house they're like no it's a great deal shake your hand have a great life Hmm. yeah so uh night swim coming out in theaters this weekend uh, also coming out, probably in limited release, is uh, from director Michael Franco. Uh, it's a movie called Memory. It's uh, about this lady Sylvia as a social worker, um, and she lives a simple, structured life. Uh, it's kind of blown all to pieces when Saul follows her home from their high school reunion. Their surprise encounter profoundly impacts both of them as they open the door to the past. So um, there's olive branches on this one so um you know it it's uh probably not coming to a theater near you but it'll be around um also uh race for glory audi versus lancia yeah that Um, sounds cool a lot of uh a lot of movies about racing right now but uh this is inspired by the true events that occurred during the uh the rivalry between kind of germany and italy uh at the 1983 uh rally world championships it's uh directed by stefano morditi and it's got um daniel Bruhl and ricardo uh scamarcio uh at, in the lead you probably recognize those guys if you saw them but uh movie about cars movie about fast cars and it's about rally well, those are fast cars. Yeah, very fast cars doing insane things. That could be pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of these movies. I mean, Ferraris in theaters right now. Mm-hmm. We had that one last year. Uh, what was the What was that one about? The um, was uh, it Ford? It wasn't Ford. That was a while back. The the uh, Ford versus Ferrari was a while. Yeah, back. that's what I. Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. And but uh, Gran Turismo was just Gran, in theaters. yeah Gran Turismo. A lot of car movies. What's going on, guys? Um, and then also coming out in limited release, probably just going to hit um, streaming, but it does have olive branches as well. It's from director Katie Burrell. It's a comedy called Weak Layers. Um, it's a uh, about some party-loving best friends set out to win a ski movie competition and an uproarious comedy that takes on the male-dominated ski industry, which I wasn't aware of until just now. Um, so, uh, 
Yeah, there's uh, here. I'll pull pull it up, and it's like it looks like a ski party movie. There's like here's the group of friends. One of them's crazy. One of them's the the jock. One of them's the party animal. One of them's the hornball. And then you know they're doing like wasn't this like there's a this movie. was like the eighties. Right? What's that movie about the uh, the the ski skiing? patrol? No, Better Off Dead. <laughs> There's a bunch of them, right? No, there was a movie that was about like uh, it's called like Snow Days or something, right? It was just people at a resort. Like that one dude gets his wiener stuck stuck in the hot tub. It's like Zach Galifianakis <sighs> or something. Hot dog says Velvet Santa. I don't. I yeah, I'm not familiar. I just I don't know. I thought that I thought that like these zany ski resort movies or subculture stopped in like 1985 or something, but I guess it's still around. I don't know. Uh, Logan Van, we go, I want my $2. The, the yeah. Out cold says James. Like, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. yeah I, I guess they're just going to bring back this, the ski movie genre, which I don't know who asked for it, but, Johnny Tsunami. Here we are. Um, I think Johnny Tsunami is probably the last good one, huh? Ski movies. Yeah, How is this a it's thing? It's always sunny episode. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, I don't know, man. It, I mean, I thought people kind of got over that because it's like you got to have like, uh, you got to be someone with dollars to do like the ski resort thing and people don't like people that have dollars anymore. I mean, maybe that's the thing. Like it's, skiing is definitely a, a, a a rich people sport, you know, you don't just like go, Oh man, you know, I'm having a really give difficult time making ends meet, but, uh, we're going to go on a ski trip this next weekend. I mean, like you can go to the beach, like going to the beach is for poor people, right? Cause the beach you is free. Just you just there, get down yeah. there and you're there, but like going to a ski resort, you have to have like all this fancy gear and you're staying in some fancy place with like fancy fireplaces and fancy hot cocos and, and fucking beanies that cost $70 and you know, Everyone's attractive. Ugh. I don't want to go there. Uh, yeah, Velvetson says pickleball is annoying too. Uh, and James says ski ninjas. Let's see that. I'm okay with this. Let's see some ski ninjas. Um, PN says hot tub time machine. Uh, yeah, hot tub time machine was kind of a ski movie. It was a little bit of a ski movie. A little bit, yeah. Also had a uh, old uh, better off dead dude. Uh. John Cusack? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there you have it. That's what's coming out in theaters this week. You can check it out if you want. Uh, not else. She says, I think a lot of the ones from childhood were rich guys versus the workers type plots. Oh, yeah. Every time. Well, I mean. That was how every sports movie yeah, was. Yeah, all the sports movies. Like, like Brink. That. They're like, look at us, dude. We're sponsored, and you guys are just street trash. And they're like, what? No, nah, dude. But if we work hard enough. Yeah, you know, wasn't that like Mighty Ducks the same way? We're like, we're just a bunch yeah. of ragtag kids, and we yeah, hand me down pads. All uh, Gordon, what's his face, gets uh, forced into public service because he he's a bad drunk driver guy, and his punishment is he has to work with underprivileged kids and teach them hockey. What was the one that uh, the kids the, with money are better? That was oh geez, it was a baseball movie and it had uh, um. Yeah, Tiger's Blood. Um, he was the pitcher, and uh, 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 Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Uh, shit. What Not, was it? 
like wild something. He was he was called Major League. Thank yeah. you, Vince. Thank you, Velvet Santa. Major League. Uh, that was that was a, a another one of those. Um, oh, because the Indians were a broke team and yeah. everyone was past their prime. But then they get in Charlie Sheen and he's a, a wild arm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he brings the team back. But the owner secretly wanted the team to fail because that's how she would make more money. Uh, Night Owl, she said, just realizing how many boobs I saw from all those 80s and 90s titties movies. Uh, so many. Um, yeah, I mean that was a big selling point. It was like the USA up all night genre of of movies and the the sports movies were always, you know, because like athletes are always horny, and uh, so and they always are in shape. So you know everybody wants to look at their boobies and stuff. <laughs> yeah, feel free to make. That <laughs> yeah, make that list on Discord for uh, research purposes. I mean that used to just be part of going to the movies, right? That's how you get your buddies to go, dude, I heard that there's boobies. Boobies in there. Where's the booby emote? Not a single person dropping the the driving speaker box before you could just pull up the internet on your phone. Like, (laughs) no, there's boobs right there. Why do I need to go to the movie? Yeah, I can't even imagine, like, you know, because my childhood, like, I mean, I had internet, sort of, but I didn't have, like, high-speed 4K in my pocket, right? And uh, there, thanks, Vince. Um but like, what a what a world it must be to like be like ten years old and be like, "Hey Siri, what's a boob look like?" And they're like, "Well, this is a breast." And you're just like, "Yeah, dude." You know, you're not having to like get the Sears catalog and be like, "I wonder what's underneath that bra." Pass it around with your you buddies. Know, it's like, oh man, look at that. Um, I don't know. It's like what a weird world. Like kids must be so desensitized to these days. <laughs> Definitely not until I need to watch Doc Hollywood. At the 21 and 32 minute mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's what's coming out in theaters this week. Uh, sorry, uh, just for the listeners out there on the podcast, as my, my voice is slowly eroding, I've been working really hard not to, to blow it out again, but it's I can feel it starting to crack uh, as we, we get into the second half of the show. Um, yeah, did you watch any movies? I didn't see any movies. Uh, I was telling the people before on the pre-show what I did watch was some streaming stuff because there wasn't like really any big new movies that came out. Uh, And the time was never right to go watch The Iron Claw this past week. Because, yeah, I thought you would see The Iron Claw this week. Yeah, I wanted to, but I I ended up getting caught up with a lot of things. So what I did do in the time that I had was I watched the new Dave Chappelle uh, comedy special on Netflix it's hard to uh, really talk about a comedy special without ruining uh, much of it. But so the jokes, yeah, but really, the jokes. It's pretty good if you're if you're a Chappelle fan. It's definitely one that you'll want to watch after watching the other Netflix specials because a lot of it is all callbacks mm. to things. So it, it it could probably stand alone as its own comedy special if you know what's going on in the news uh but most of it does rely on you kind of knowing about what's going on in his life and things that have happened recently because of netflix specials uh i.e expect the uh the trans jokes and stuff like that that he's um well, been doing so much at of a here certain lately. point you just i guess that's the brand you just have to own it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and lean into it. I mean, that's like uh, Ricky Gervais, I guess, has got a special out right now on Netflix as well. I saw that well. too. Yeah. And just kind of leaning into the controversy that everybody's already talking about to him. Because I feel like, you know, if you're those comedians and you go, okay, well, I'm going to do a special and not talk about it. Then everybody's going to go, oh, they're just trying to avoid it, you mm-hmm. know, and blah, blah, blah. But then if you lean into it and talk about it, like, oh, it's just the same old stuff. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know. I mean, and it's kind of pointed out that it is hard to do. Uh, uh, I watched a couple of comedy specials, and, and each one of them kind of pointed out. They're like, it's kind of hard to do comedy when everyone's like, hey, you can't say that thing. It's like, well, that's kind of the entire point of me being here. And they're like, well, it's like uh, offensive and you need to say sorry. And they're like, okay, sorry about it. And they're like, well, that wasn't sincere. It's like, neither was a joke, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was from another dude's on Netflix uh, special. He talks about that. But um, it's good if you're a Chappelle fan. Uh, I know one of our commenters already um, said that they're not a Chappelle fan. Um, I have been for a long time, uh, since the 90s, I guess. Um so something like that it, it's it's fun uh it's out there but definitely one you want to watch the other uh netflix specials first and then uh i watched the first couple of episodes of reacher the new season of reacher yeah, that came out on amazon which, it's um reacher's a good show that first show our first, uh, what, first episode season. season on Amazon was quite good. And if you've watched our show for long enough, you'll know that we really enjoyed the first Reacher movie, Jack mm-hmm. Reacher, with Tom Cruise. Uh, and that was, was that the one with Werner Herzog as the bad guy? Yes. Yeah. Where they get to the end in the little construction office and he's like, Welcome. Oh, you like, welcome to my, my <laughs> well, construction. Welcome to my construction office, Mr. Reacher. <laughs> you will be nailed to the floor. For the rest of eternity, while you watch your soul slowly strip from your body in pools of blood that you cannot fathom. Yeah, yeah. Just a very, uh, and he just came out of nowhere, too, because like Reacher comes into this like construction office at the end of the movie. Whoa, 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 Mr. Reacher. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like sitting in the shadows, like, <laughs> and he's like, has like I've one been eye. expecting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was the first one. Pretty good movie. Uh, Ver- anything with Werner Herzog, like Werner Herzog, is such an interesting cat. Like he's an amazing director. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say he's a talented actor, but it's he's like one of those dudes that you just go. But he's so cool. Put him in the movie, and you do. You know, because he's he's Werner Herzog. Yeah. Uh, but before I talk about Reacher too much, Dina says something about like needing to make a special trip to watch Iron Claw still. Uh, she might need a good cry. That's one reason I'm really not like super just ramped up about it is because it's like, I like wrestling. I've been a wrestling fan. I know what happens with the Von Ericks and I know like the real tragedy of things. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, I know it's going to be a bummer. Uh, there's probably cool scenes, you know, I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, free birds and Ric Flair and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm also going to be super bummed. Um, so it's just like it's hard to find um, yourself in the mood to just get bummed out super super hard, you know. Uh, but Reacher, the new season, I've, I've gotten a couple episodes in on it, and it is uh, it's just as good as the first one. So that was my big big question because the first one was cool because it's got that small town low stakes, mm-hmm. you know. Everybody around him isn't in on the the gig, and there's you know the, the the small town cops, and he's the guy that has all the answers. But the trailers to this one look like, oh well, he's assembling the team again. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. It's a little faster paced, and it's like, well, I mean, what kind of makes Jack Reacher cool 
is he's the only one of this like mysterious background of secret military service, but this one's got all these secret military dudes. No. Like what's going on? So so it opens up, you know, dead body. Okay, you know, of course. So there's the kickstart for like the plot. CSI Miami, like yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a dead body, and then immediately you learn it's a member of his special investigators team that he talked about in the first one. And in the first season, you get to see one of the other special investigators. You know, he works along with her, and so uh, she's back in this one. And um, they, yeah, they try to assemble the team only because they're trying to make sure everyone's still alive because they can't get a hold of any of them. And after they find the body of the first one, they start trying to call all the rest of them and they're finding out everyone's hard to reach. And so they try, they get a hold of who they can while they're trying to figure out who's trying to kill them. And meanwhile, you're getting your secondary plot of the T-1000 uh, who's plotting to kill their team and sending dudes to kill them. What? Yeah. And there is like a really dumb obligatory Terminator joke in there uh, because one of the team, uh, she checks in under the alias of Sarah Connor. Oh. And, and they, bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. And the alias that Jack Reacher uses is like a sports ball dude. And he goes, yeah, well, this was a sports ball guy for baseball like seven years ago. But who's Sarah Connor? And it goes to the T-1000 actor, which I can't remember his name right now, Robert Patrick. It goes to Robert Patrick, and he goes, no clue. And you're like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Mm. obligatory Terminator nonsense. So uh, question, though, like what, what, what? city does it take place in is it like uh is it like an urban is it rural it's going everywhere reacher's in the middle of nowhere uh then he's summoned to new york uh they get a couple of people together they go to atlantic city but they're talking about being in the woods meanwhile there's a bad dude who you don't know who he is uh and he's landed in la and he's getting fake passports and making his way across the country and stuff like that so right now at this point it's kind of all over the place interesting okay good to know but uh you get to see reacher's background more of it Ah, the assembly more than him just like beating up kids in the schoolyard yeah you get to see the assembly of the special investigators and how this team came together as they find more of their team dead or missing or whatever, you know. It's interesting because Reacher is one of those things that, like, embodies a lot of what was kind of wrong with older pulp storytelling. Like, you know, the big machismo, the big, like, stoic dude that's invulnerable and, you know, gets the girl, all this kind of stuff. But it's not at the same time. And, like, Reacher has this more of a timeless... It doesn't... It it seems as relevant today as it did, you know, uh, when it was written, but without all the dust and cringe that comes with some of those characters that came out of that era. Yeah, they, they modernize uh, the from when the books were released, for sure, because there's things where... You know, in the book, you can tell that it was probably, oh, they found a photo frame and there's these pictures in it and stuff. And there's <laughs> things like that, which is part of what drives the plot is these people having pictures. And he of goes, his butt, as Mark Landry <laughs> says on YouTube. A lot of seeing his butt because, I mean, look at it. Well, but they're like, uh, who, who puts pictures in frames anymore? Like, who does that? And they're like, well, 
we do, but only this one or two pictures. So if, only if it's a really important picture, because otherwise, you know, no one has photo books at their home anymore. Or no. It has that kind of thing done hardly. You can go to Walmart and have them print like your photos and stuff like that still. But most people just go, oh, look at this. Or like, oh, I'll send it to you. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Uh, you can look at it for two seconds. Yeah. Scroll through. So it's um, it's good. And, and the parts like that that are modernized, you can kind of tell, but they, they do it well. And uh, so far, it's it's still, it's a lot like the first season. Uh, it's pretty good. And I've, I've liked the first couple of episodes of it, and I'll keep watching that uh, till the season end for sure. Well, yeah. Well, all right. It's Reacher Season 2. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, did you have to put up with ads yet? Not yet. It's not till the end of the month. Okay. End of the month. All right, I think well, it starts like on the 24th or the 29th, something like that. Getting close. Getting close. Uh, well, all right. Well, uh, I didn't get to see anything, so I think it's probably a good time to move over to the box office roundup. Uh, last segment of the show we do where we give you the top 10 movies in the United States. These are mostly domestic numbers unless we specify otherwise. Uh, uh, Jake's going to give you the top 10. Start with number 10. Move to number 1. And this will be the uh, kind of holiday weekend, New Year's Eve weekend, January or December 29th through uh, December 31st, 2023. The last box office weekend of 2023 before we get into the 2024 numbers. So, uh, yeah, Jake, number 10. Take well, it away, man. Uh, let's start at number 11 real quick. Uh, Godzilla minus one still up there. It brought in uh, two and a quarter million dollars, uh, bringing its domestic take up to just shy of forty-six million. Yeah. And I was reading an article earlier that said that I think across the world it's made like eighty plus. Uh, I, can, I can click that. Yeah, it was eighty million last time. Eighty-one. Eighty-one point six. So not bad for a movie well, that was budgeted less than fifteen million dollars. And as Dina pointed out on Twitch, like if you're going by per theater average, um, then it would technically put it in the number seven spot. Yeah, hot um, damn. So, yeah. Uh, and then just above it, at number 10, starting the top 10, uh, The Boy and the Heron. Another Japanese release here. Two and a half million brought in by that one. And in less than a thousand less theaters, a too. Thousand so theaters. its per theater average would have put it at like the number five spot. Yeah. Number and it's four weeks out. That brings it in the U.S. up to 36 million. So pretty good for your old Ghibli. And then just above it, at number nine, Hunger Games, Ballad of Ding Dongs and Boogers. Uh, 2.9 million brought in by that one. And it's seven weeks out, 159.8. Not bad for that one that no one expected much from. Um, So uh, well done on them for finding the uh, good release time for that movie to come out. Opening at the number eight spot, uh, the Adam Driver-led Ferrari, $4 million brought in by that one. Uh, but it has nearly $11 million. I think there was some big preview openings mm-hmm. probably from that. Huh? Oh, yeah. Because, uh, I mean, having $7 million more than what the opening listed weekend's at. Um, so how about that? Uh, that one didn't get a lot of advertising. I think it, I only started seeing ads for it maybe like just recently. two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not bad. Uh, and then just above it, at number seven, movie we were just talking about, The Iron Claw. Five million brought in by that one, which is actually an increase for it. So that's good to see. Uh, it's in 2,800 theaters. It gained a few this past week, bringing its domestic take so far up to 16.3. Um, so I wonder what the budget on that one was. Uh, not a lot made by it overseas. I don't think it's been released overseas yet. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, being American wrestling, it'd be interesting to see how that one does. 
in in other countries. Uh, and then above it, opening at number six, The Boys in the Boat, eight point four million brought in by that one. I think what it is it's holiday is Christmas, weekend, Christmas, yeah. Christmas releases because it's showing twenty two million. Uh, so because uh, some of those sure get that was in the theater released on Christmas Day, which mm-hmm. was in the w- middle of the week. So yeah, it's got a longer run. Yeah, I thought that one was open the day before Christmas. Oh, probably so, just may- to get an early. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so the numbers are a little weird right now, but yeah, twenty-two million brought in by that. I saw that that one is something that they're so far pretty happy about. I mean, twenty-two million for a movie like that. I mean, the, you know, I was saying in the pre-show, movies like this do not look appealing to me. You know, just a bunch of affluent, rich Ivy Leaguers just succeeding at stuff. Like, okay, yeah. Oh, we gotta paddle really hard, guys. Come on, it's gonna be. We're gonna beat this other team of affluent white athletes. You know, it's. Uh, you know, I'm not a big sports movie guy anyway, especially sports movies that are sp- sports that only rich Aryan types can play. Like, well, but that's this whole thing is it's like the guy sticking it to Hitler. I know, but it's still like rowing is a, you know, I'm going to, that's an Ivy league. Like it's a douchey sport, man. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, sorry if you're really into rowing, but, um, I don't know. I, there's just some sports out there that are just kind of douchey. Like to me. where do you live or where did you go to school? That that's a thing for you. Yeah. 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 Um, but this also took place like a hundred years ago. So, uh, and then at number five, anyone but you, um, probably the movie that you, oh yeah, are most excited to see Can't all of so far. Eight point seven five million brought in by that one, which is nearly a fifty percent increase. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, bringing it up to uh, just under twenty five million, and it's two weeks out. Uh, I had read about that earlier that uh, a lot of people, I guess, were just like, "Hey, I've heard good things. Let's go watch this." Or it was something that everyone. Like their girlfriend talked them into going to watch or who Who knows. knows. Yeah. Uh, But opening on Christmas Day. uh, So this is its whole take. In the past weekend, it brought in $11.7 million. uh, But for Christmas up to the past weekend, its domestic take has been $44 million uh, for the color purple. Doing very well. Musical edition. Um, Mark Landry says, looking forward to the new sports movie about the Uruguay rugby playing Crash Cannibals. Um, I'd watch that. Okay, number three. Uh, number three, Migration, holding that number three spot. $17 million brought in by it, uh, and it's two weeks out. Uh, it's up to $54 million. That one also got a big bump uh, from holiday crowds. Um, apparently, uh, audience have really liked it, but it was kind of just hard to get yeah, people in there. online a little bit. Yeah. And then dropping from the top spot to go down to number two, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, 18 and a quarter million brought in by that one, 76.6 million in the U S and it's two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it, we talked 255. about earlier. Yeah, 255 across the world, uh, dominating Marvel's last outing, uh, but not doing what they would have really wanted to get out of the last DCEU movie and plus there's been all those Momoa interviews where he's like yeah dude screw it I'm done with Aquaman who cares I want to be Lobo yeah, yeah he has said that he's, he's like, very publicly in several interviews being like well I thought for sure when I first cast as Aquaman I'd be Lobo so if there's going to be a Lobo call me can't wait to be Lobo it'd be really cool if there was Lobo because I would love to be Lobo so uh, I think he just wants to get paid to ride a motorcycle on screen and, and do 
be what he's already turned just, Aquaman into. Yeah, just like, yeah, let's drink beers and eat tacos. Yeah, it makes more sense when mm-hmm. it's Lobo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everyone's be like, Lobo, you're an asshole. And he's like, space asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, swapping spots with Aquaman, climbing from the number two spot up to the number one with the holiday boost, bringing in $22.7 million. Wonka musical edition, full-blown musical edition. In its three weeks, 133.6 in the U.S. Who would have guessed it? Um, that has brought in $385 million across the world. Uh, and you know what? We talked about like the, the bait and switch thing. At no point in the trailers do they go, this is fully musical, yeah. full-on musical. Nope. No. Uh, and in fact, I was in a store the other day, the other day a small store where most people end up kind of knowing each other and stuff. But this um, person came in with his family and they're like, hey, welcome in, all this stuff and everything. He's like, yeah, we were just stopping in. We're on our way to the movies. And the clerk goes, oh, what movie are you going to watch? Wonka. And he had the whole family with him. And I was like, dude, hey, heads up. It is a musical, full musical. There's more singing than talking. And he goes, thanks for letting me know. (laughs) Because he goes, the only movie I've ever walked out of was was the same thing. He got he went into a movie not knowing it was a musical, and it became one. And he's like, "This is not what I expected," and walked out. So he's like, "I really appreciate the heads up on that because I would have been so mad walking into it." There was people in my theater that. being like, "What the hell? Another song?" Yeah. But uh, Vince said, "Fathom Events has a lot to add to the calendar." Uh, he said on Twitch, "Some movies that might interest people here on the show are Wizard of Oz, Labyrinth, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, The Neverending Story, Rear Windows, Blazing Saddles, and Fifth Element." So check your local Fathom Event Dang. listings for movies that are coming out uh, near you. Fathom Events um, are gaining a lot of traction now. Remember when they were one of those things that people were like, "What's Fathom? What's Fathom?" Should, and now people are like, "No." Should I try to watch Labyrinth in the theater? again dude it's only forever because i didn't get to yeah i've never seen it in the theater yeah yeah i thought you did i never saw labyrinth that was the is that not the one that the um the framing was off in the theater and i stormed out of the no that was princess bride oh yep yep never seen labyrinth in the theater uh uh, Vince on Twitch just dropped a link to the Fathom Events calendar in the chat so you guys can check that out. It's fathomevents.com slash events. Uh, Dina says that she thinks the Mean Girls musical is going to have people that are pissed not knowing that. That one, however, in its advertisement is very clear that oh, that yeah. one is a musical. Yeah. They have the singing and stuff in it and there was no songs in the original. Wonka, they could show a little bit of singing and you're like, well, there were songs in the in the, in the the Gene Wilder one that I love so much. Uh, the original Mean Girls did not have anything like that. So them showing singing you're throughout like, okay, the whole trailer, you're like, okay. okay, it's a musical. Yeah, the Wonka thing, it's it wasn't, it, the shocking part is that it was 98% singing and very little talking yep. at all. Well, all right, guys. Well, that sums it up. That's your box office report, and that's our show, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully, you've had a happy New Year's. Uh, we'll be back next week, uh, Monday night, same time, 8 o'clock. Like and subscribe wherever it is you like to follow us. Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. We really prefer Twitch. Uh, a lot more fun tools, and you get access to the pre-show. But if you don't want to look at all of this, don't want to see these comments, don't want to participate, you can always download the audio version of this podcast wherever it is you download podcasts. And do not forget to share and like and tell oh. your friends. So 
what? Velvet Santa wanted wanted us to open. Oh, well, there's nothing to open. I just have to reach down blindly because he didn't wrap any of the other stuff. So oh, I, I just have never looked at it. So we're gonna we're gonna jo- drop two. I'm just gonna pass this under the table. Oh, okay. And then we're gonna reveal two gifts that Velvet Santa has sent us from the goodie box. So okay, Jake, three, two, one. A uh, VHS cassette oh. copy of the Flintstones. And you got a VHS cassette copy of Johnny, Johnny Mnemonic. Mnemonic. I like that that VHS cassette yeah, case where it... Nickel, well, this Nickelodeon VHS. Too. Yeah, but look at where the tape goes into his forehead. Yeah. It becomes a part of the cover art. That's pretty cool. A pulse-pounding cyber slam. A pulse-pounding cyber slam. Yeah, it's like an open case, oh, too. Oh, geez. Uh, this is prehistorical hysterical. Great fun. The Flintstones is fun, says Time Magazine. Like, what a rave review. It's fun. Uh, yeah, there you go. So Rick Moranis, John Goodman, the whole gang right here, Flintstones, uh, just adding to the pile of VHS cassette tapes. Like, actually, if you add that, you might almost be able to see it on camera. It's like it's getting very close. It's like right here. Um, but anyway, thanks, Velvet Santa, for those. We'll, 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 we'll dig into the box next week. Um, silly question, but can you guys play them? I have a VCR. I just don't have it hooked up. Yeah, um, I can dig the VCR that I have out at some point for sure. yeah maybe i'll hook up a vcr to one of these things and i'll just put it in in the background and uh it'll it'll, it'll roll during during showtime that could be fun so anyway thanks for tuning in guys we will see you guys next week and uh as always i am bo the boom operator i'm the grip and uh have a have a, a great 2024 see you as you leave the theater folks please be careful don't let this happen to your car be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.